Hello, and welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and in addition to Heather, we are honored today to be joined by some of our good friends. Please welcome to the show, Andy and Missy. Yes, we're super excited to have Andy and Missy. Um, They are some of our oldest friends. We've been friends with them. We met them right after we got married, I think, uh, in 2008 or so. Probably about about then, 13 years we've known these guys. Uh, We met them through a church, a small group that they were leading, and they were awesome leaders. And uh, yeah, we've done a lot, traveled with them, and just had a lot a lot of fun over the years. So anyway, they were kind enough to come on as our second guest as we try to feature some more couples. So we're awesome. We're really excited to have them on. So um, Andy, Missy, why don't you share a little bit about yourselves? Where, you, where do you live? You know, what do you do? How long have you been married? Um, why, why are you talking? Why do you want to talk to us today? <laughs> um, we live just in the West Metro of the Twin Cities in Maple Grove. Why do we want to talk about marriage and money? Because well, we forced you. <laughs> <laughs> That might have had a little something to do with it. <laughs> it's okay to be honest. Yeah, I think, I mean, because it has made a difference in our marriage to talk about money, it's definitely decreased our conflicts by being able to talk openly about it. 100%. Um, I think, well, you guys kind of know this. Missy and David are more alike. Heather and I are more alike, like in the probably how we grew up and as well as how we view money. So Heather and I are spenders <laughs> finer lavish things in life that's right and, and i know and i know that that, that david and missy are a, a little more on the uh frugal side which is uh which is a beautiful thing as well so we have been married for it, it will be 15 years in july i work for a company called csi ergonomics and i am a in a like a account manager. So I obviously manage small accounts for ergonomic equipment. So uh, furniture, kind of uh, hospital equipment, anything that helps make people feel better while they work. And um, my day job is doing accounting support. I love anything nerdy that has to do with numbers. And I also own my own home organizing business and I help people uh, just bring calm to their homes. And she's fantastic at that. Everyone needs a little more calm in their lives. Right. So um, we have a couple questions that we want to ask anybody that's on the podcast, and then we'll kind of jump in to more of the, the topic that we want to cover with you guys. So if you wouldn't mind, would you share, you know, how do you have your finances set up as a couple? Do you have, we had an episode on whether couples, you know, keep them separate or combined or a hybrid method. If you wouldn't mind sharing how you have set up yours. We do uh, a joint account. So like we have everything together. We've done that since day one. I think. Yep. And then about six, seven years ago, we like shared all the accounts. Like for a while we had some things that were separate. So I have my own credit card. (laughs) (laughs) But at least it's it's not a top secret credit card. You're apparently it's open enough that you can talk about it. So there's some some transparency. Now now we can, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now now we can. Does anyone else on your podcast that listens have a secret credit card? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we, we just did an episode on that. So it's good good to not have secret credit cards. So I'm glad at least everybody's aware of the credit card. <laughs> I, I, 
I wanted, it was an REI card, you know, I like I needed outdoor mm-hmm. points while Missy was racking up airline miles. I needed a little <laughs> love too. Exactly. There's some good benefits to those yes. credit cards. So you already kind of shared about one of you being more of a spender and one of you being more of a saver, but would you say that you're on the same page with your finances or maybe it's been a bit of a journey from when you first got married to now? Yes. I think we're on the same page now. Definitely. Yes. We're not so much on the same page to start with. I mean, just, I can acknowledge it because Andy's already said it, right? So there was a secret credit card. She knew about it. She just didn't know it. The hesitation there makes me wonder how much she knew about it, but yes. I mean, it was 15 years ago. Things could be a little fuzzy. Yes. We were not on the same page to start with because maybe because I was a saver and he didn't check in on what I was doing and I was managing the finances And I had read this book that talked about like, hey, try to save up to 50% of your income just to see like on how little you can live on. And I was like, that sounds like a fun challenge. So I started doing that. And I was just kind of siphoning money from our account little by little. And I didn't tell him. And that also was not good. So So you were doing secret mm -hmm. saving. Secret saving and secret spending. Yeah, there's two sides of that coin. Well, (laughs) it didn't work out well for us. I mean, I don't. I don't think I would advocate secrets around money (laughs) in general. (laughs) That flows in kind of the next topic we wanted to talk about around communication. So we talked a lot about how communication is really key in, in your marriage around money. So maybe share a little bit more about how you communicate uh, about money and maybe when did it start or frequency or how often you communicate on it? Do you have a regular time you talk about it or is it just kind of ad hoc when it comes up? I'll say, I think at first, like I avoided it like the plague, right? Like, and part of it was because I was spending, right? And it was like, oh crap. Uh, oh, I bought something big this month, but like it's getting paid, but I don't really want to talk about this, right? Or kind of stuff like that. So it was always a super hard, just kind of conversation. Like that is just like, if if we ignore it and we don't talk about it, it will pass over everything. We'll kind of be <laughs> okay and fine, right? But I think as we, I don't know, just were married longer and kind of bought a house and started doing some other things, obviously, like some of those things kind of come up where you're like, yeah, you can't really do that. Like you need to know like where your money is going and what you're doing and what you're saving and what you're spending it on. And Yeah, we definitely talk about it regularly now. Um, we, we'd had budgets at different points in our marriage. Like when we first got married, it was like, okay, what do you make? What do you make? All right, here's our expenses. And we did that for a bit, but we didn't watch it or talk about it regularly. Right. Then when we bought this house, we did that again. So 10 years ago, and then things kind of, you just kind of got used to like having a rough idea of how much was coming in and what we could spend and save and whatever. But then it was literally about six or seven years ago, some friends of ours were talking about this new budget software they had tried called, I'm totally gonna plug it because I just love it. <laughs> it's called Finab. Um, you need a budget. And Andy was like, oh, well, maybe we should check that out. And and that was such a shock to me that he was interested in talking about money that I was like, I will sign us up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I had a budget in college and it was super like restrictive. And I think that's why I always hated budgets and opposed them, right? It was just like, okay, this is how much money you have. And this is like what you can do. And, and it, I don't feel like it led to like living like life in some ways, right? It was just kind of like, well, here's your money. 
this is what you have. Good luck. But yeah. like kind of taking like I'm a college student into like putting that into life. And that's, they're two different seasons of, of doing things in a way. No, I, I, I agree. I think I always felt, and I think a lot of people feel like a budget is restrictive. It means yes. here's, here's the rules, here's the laws. It's restricting you versus feeling freedom with having a budget. But And I think the journey you're talking about is very typical. And it, it I see a lot of our journey as well, where we, Heather and I started out very different on our approaches. And then we we had we had kind of had a key moment where similar similar to that budgeting software where there was a, a, a church offering a financial program and Heather was like oh we should we should go go check this out and then I was like yeah sign us up today because <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for a long time and and then that kind of opened the door to to get things moving and so that's really when we started talking about money more as well but it, I feel like you're right it takes that moment where where the, the person, or at least one person, it, it has to flip and say, ah, I, I want to I wanna have a little bit of, put a little bit of more effort into this and make it work. So I think the thing for me that actually really attracted me to it, the, the flip or the switch, right, for me was, is like with YNAB, where it was like, every dollar has a purpose. Like rather, like I'd never been taught that way or or thought of it that way Mm -hmm. and like that was the mental switcher is like oh this this makes sense right like this is what you have like andy you can have fun with your money but just like let's figure out where that kind of fun money goes or where the money goes so it it felt a lot less restrictive and and yes much more freedom in that than than in the past so you guys had an interesting uh, part in your marriage here where you decided to kind of put a pause on working and doing the normal nine to five job and decided to travel and see a bit of the world um, or at least the United States. So I thought, and I think you guys had a clever name for it, calling yourselves, uh, since your last name is the McCowans, to the McNomad. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey and kind of what drove you to doing it. How did you prepare and kind of that experience? Yeah, because it, it and just thinking about this, it's a big deal to take us a, a long sabbatical like that, to let go of jobs, to do all of this. You're letting go of all the security to do this. And I'm sure this is something that a lot of people want to do, but just have struggled to make happen. So just interested in hearing about your journey on this. Sure. sure. So my brother... Um, passed away in 2015. And Andy and I were taking a walk um, a few weeks after that. And we were just kind of talking about like, what would you do if I died? Like what, you know, what would we, how would we be processing that kind of loss? And um, Andy said, well, I would, I would want to like quit my job for a little bit and take some time to travel. And I'd go around the US and Canada and I'd spend some time with your friends and I would just ask them to tell me stories about you. And I was like, well, that sounds really fun. Why don't we do that now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not wait for one of us to die to go do that. And so at first it was kind of like, a, is this a real thing we could consider? And then the more we talked about it, the more we got excited about it. And we're like, okay, practically, how would this happen? What would we need to do? How much would we need to save? How much do you think we could get by with? Like we created a daily budget for ourselves and then projected that over 90 days, which was how long we were planning to be gone for. And 
And then, and then things just started falling into place. Like about a month before we were getting ready to go, a friend of a friend needed a place to stay. And they asked if they could rent our house. And we were like, yeah, that, that just made it really easy then. (laughs) Cause we had just kind of gotten laser focused on making this happen. And so go ahead. Yes. I mean, that, that's, that's the point. It's like, once we decided that we were kind of doing it, it's, it's like, that was the goal, right? Like, so we said no to a lot of other things and with the anticipation, like that we were saying yes to being like nomads for three months. And we actually did plan and save to not have anyone live in our place, but to have someone that actually came in was a super huge blessing and took a huge, obvious like financial burden off of our shoulders. Like that was like, Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> it was like confirmation. Like, yes, I like, this is what, what you guys should, should be doing. So how long say- was it between when you had the idea in 2015 and you executed or went out on? It was about a, a year. Yeah. I'd say 10 months to a year. But we didn't start saving for it right away. Cause at first we thought it was too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but it is like when you're like, we're going to quit our jobs, we're going to save and try to just travel for three months. And we didn't really plan anything. I mean, like we knew where we wanted to go, but we didn't make a ton of reservations for places to stay or what to do. I mean, it was for me as a Enneagram six, that was, uh, that was a bit of a stretch, but because I love to plan. So, but it was, <laughs> I'll say this for me, like, Missy and I do very well traveling together mm-hmm. and um, the time surrounding her brother's death was a definitely a challenge like in her, in her marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really had anyone close to me die. So it's, it, it, um, I had a hard time kind of processing um, that Missy's grief with her and really even understanding that Missy feels things very, very deeply. And I, I get that and I understand that now that I maybe didn't in 2014 and 2015. But um, so I will say in a way too, like we saw this trip as a way for us to like spend time together to get close again and to really kind of talk and communicate and and, and hopefully try to understand each other better than we had the previous probably couple of years as well too. So I think that's actually a big part of yeah that, 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 that story as well. That, that was one of the driving factors. There, we ended up kind of creating a a list of why we wanted to do this, which ended up coming in handy because a lot of people were asking <laughs> why we wanted to do this. But it was also great motivation for us to keep referring back to. And, and that one that Andy touched on was just kind of reconnecting in our marriage. That was really paramount to us. Yeah, for sure. But then also there were just a lot of friends and family that we have out in like the West Coast and in Canada that we wanted to spend some time with that if we, we kind of mapped out, if we did, you know, one trip a year to go and visit these people, it was going to be years and years and years. But we're like, if we did it all in one fell swoop and just kind of wove our way around, we could kind of reconnect with some people that we really love too. Mm-hmm. And then another um, part of it was, we've always been kind of attracted to the idea of minimalism. And so we're like, well, what's more minimalist than throwing your belongings in a car, a, a Prius at that, and just driving around and camping out, it it really cut back on the consumerism because where were we going to put anything and what did we really need? So, and then part of it was a financial challenge too, to say how how little can we live on during this time and, and what lessons can we learn from that and bring back into our day-to-day life? Well, and, and what I really like about this story is that I'm, I'm seeing you had to, you had to work together. You had to figure out a way to save, save this money. 
you so it was really a combination of of financial planning and then figuring out a way uh, and, and enabling an option for you to spend more time together and uh, improve your marriage. And well, it started like, with a dream and a and goal. And a right? dream and a goal. Yeah. Which we like to talk about. As right. Kids. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So awesome. The actual experience of going in there and you're, you're living by this, this budget, you had a daily budget. It sounded like yeah, <laughs> we did living by this budget and traveling and, <laughs> What what was that like? What what was the day to day like of doing this? You know, so I'll just say like day one, like it was totally amazing. So it's like <laughs> lunch. No 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 like no because because you know like when you have a goal like sometimes like there's challenges like within that goal right like so like first stop was Fargo North Dakota Costco and like okay let's. Let's find the cheapest gas, which is cost for us was Costco. So cheapest gas. And then it's like, well, let's get a hot dog and a soda and a salad. And that was like five dollars, less than five dollars. And like that's lunch, right? Yeah. You know. And then I don't know. It's like, let's we again, we we had no reservations. Like we didn't know where we're staying. Well, we get to Medora, South Dakota or North Dakota, and it's like Okay, and not really finding anything, not really finding anything. Oh, hello, there's someone seeing some karaoke. No, there was a little tiny sign for um, that said campground. And I was like, let's go check that out. And we ended up wandering into this place where they were doing outdoor karaoke. And singing, if I had a million dollars. You're like, that Fitting. That sounds like our kind of campground. <laughs> we did get really excited. We rolled down the window and we were like, this is, this is it. This is where we're staying tonight. And... We were the, I think one of the only tents with campers all around us. Yep. And we had our, our two person backpacking tent. I And so it was very cozy. Very cozy. But <laughs> it was a good way to kick off the trip. Like Missy kind of mentioned before, like we had a lot of family and friends that we stopped and, and saw along the way. I think we got blown away by the generosity that people showed us along the way, which was absolutely incredible. So we were gone 89 90 nights and i think we camped roughly half of them mm -hmm. i think we did like a hotel maybe maybe six or seven nights but then we stayed with like friends and family right so that also very very much helped like obviously like our our, our financial goal like we had budgeted a, a, an x amount and i think we came home well 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 below that um wow but it, but it was super fun to be like particularly in the beginning, like I actually just saw this, this journal the other day, like where Missy would be like $75 day one. And it's like Costco, you know, 449 or whatever. And it was like, it was, it was this, it was this just ledger. That's that awesome. It, it, it was hilarious. And then like at the end of the day, it'd be like plus $23. And then, so then we'd add that to like the next day or not necessarily like the next day, but we'd be like next day, $75. And then whatever we did. And then if it was like a negative, you know, so kind of like on the side, we'd be like plus whatever or negative, whatever. But it was nice because we knew that like, if we saved for a few days or if we stayed with someone, there were certain opportunities or certain things that kind of came up that were like, this is stupid expensive. Like we were at Lake Louise and I think it was like hundred dollars an hour to rent a canoe. We didn't do it. Whoa. Whoa. We're like, that's, that's a little steep. But like a few days later, we were at a different lake um, in a different national park in the Canadian Rockies. And it was $35 for an hour. 
we would never in the Twin Cities here in Minnesota never pay $35 to rent a canoe for an hour. That's stupid, right? But you're in the Canadian Rockies. It's like a super cool lake. And you're like, okay, this is something like that we want to do. We feel comfortable like, and, and, you know, we've been saving or whatever. So like, let's go ahead and do this. Exactly. You've been watching your spending, you know, how, where you're trending. So, you know, Hey, even if this is extravagant today, I can afford to be extravagant today. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like you've had a great, you had a great experience there, but how did this overall change your life? Would you say going forward? I mean, that's a real light question. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but I, I, mean, I guess so if you had to pick one thing, if you had to pick one thing that, that was your big takeaway from, from this 90 day adventure, what would you say that big takeaway is? Um, I mean, obviously I just like to tease you, but no, it, <laughs> it was to, for me, my big takeaway was it really approved improved our communication with each other because we're sitting side by side mm-hmm. driving for hours and hours and hours at a time. There's nothing else to do but to talk to each other. And that's something that had uh, it had just gotten harder over the the last couple of years. So yeah, so driving around the country side by side, um, we were able to just talk about, anything and everything under the sun. And that was really refreshing. And there was a level of of kindness that we developed for each other again on the trip where it just became second nature. Uh, there was one night that we were camping on a beach in uh, Washington state and we had to park super far away from where our campsite was. So it's like a, a 10 minute walk and you had to like go across this this like down tree over some water. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going back to the car to get something. Do you need anything? And, and that kind of just simple, I don't know, thoughtfulness for each other was something that we definitely brought back with us. And at the, at home that translated to, Hey, I'm going downstairs. Do do you want a glass of water? Or, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. simple things that I think we had kind of taken for granted in our marriage that, that became, more clear um, in our time together. It sounds like it allowed you to break some bad habits and start some good ones. And so it, it brought you closer together, but I feel like this really could have gone either way, right? You're stuck in a car together. You're either <laughs> going to have a lot more conflict or it's going to go really well and, and have a lot less. Would you say you had less conflict during this time? That's kind of what it sounds like, even though you were, you were trapped and kind of stuck with this other person for so many hours. There, there was definitely moments, right? Like, like in any relationship or any time, like where you're with one other person or a couple other people for like a, a set kind of period of time where you're like, I love you, but I need a break from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but we got good at that even like, I mean, there's, there's a few days where it was like, I would like to go do this. Are you okay? Like if I had take the car and go do this. Yeah. And he's like, yep, totally fine. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm a big introvert. So I was like, yes, you can go to that, you know, plane museum. Yes. I'm like, can I go to the Boeing factory in Seattle? And Missy's like, yeah, knock yourself out. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, (laughs) awesome. Because I'm geeking out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you sure you're going to be okay without the car? I was like, yeah, I'm literally going to just drag my camping chair over to that river and I'm going to sit there with a book and a journal all day long. And I was happy. <laughs> so can I go back? Sorry. Because you, you said the like uh, the, the previous question, um, like what did I kind of come away with? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I actually had a very, very hard time coming back. And I think like I missed the road. I missed the simplicity. 
and I became acutely aware of how distracted I am and how mm. as society and humans we are like we fill our lives with so much stuff and noise and anything to really just get quiet and to hear ourselves or hear our spouses or hear God if you're a person of faith it's just it's it's all noise right that's what i came away from that like what what that experience allowed for us was to just slow down to 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 kind of quiet ourselves in a in a in a strange weird way and that comes from even just you know striving to make money right at the end of the day that's that's still noise what's the point of making all this money so we can live in a big house, whatever. I mean, and I'm not, yep. I'm not nearly saying those things are bad, but like if there's no focus or goal to any of that stuff, it's it's noise and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's That's what it is. And I just came back and I was like, wow, we are like, like it's just, it's like we're overstimulated and, yeah. and it's like you kind of have that simple life and then you get back into everything and it's just like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And I, and I actually really, really struggled for probably a couple of months just to like adjust to kind of being back to normal. So I could see that it's a huge shift going from that simple life back to what, you know, quote unquote normal is right. It, and you oh, kind yeah. of wonder, you, it makes you question a lot. Like what, why are we doing all this? Cause a lot of the reason, a lot of the reason we make money and save our money is so that we can have time to do things like exactly like you did. Right. And yeah. so then to now give up that simplicity and go back to, well, now I got to make money again. That's a tough change. Yeah. Yeah. People would often say like, well, how, how can you, how can you do this? Or how, like, why would you do this? And, and I'm like, if you really, really want to do this, you, you, you can, you have to make sacrifices, right? You have to plan, you have to figure things out. And, and, and I will first and foremost say like, we have good jobs. We knew that we could probably come back and get jobs too. So it's not like we were being stupid. And, and I acknowledge the privilege in that, but I would say to people like, you know what, you probably should do something like this every once in a while. It's like, it's like a sabbatical, right? Like you come back almost refreshed and recharged. And I just wonder like what people's lives would be like if they actually kind of hit that pause button and spent time with their spouse and planned and saved for something and, and figured out what they kind of really want. It's a good, it's a really good challenge for people to really think about. So bringing this experience kind of back to the financial topic, did this experience impact any of your short-term or long-term goals that you had financially um, in a good or a negative way, I guess? To be honest, I don't know that we had specific financial goals yet at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like... Well, what <laughs> and that was, and that was a goal, right? That, it, I mean, that, there that was, was a, a financial yeah, goal. Yeah, that was a, you know, a, 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 yeah. a financial goal component to it. So it probably was one of maybe your first ones to it, achieve together. Yeah, to be fair, I, I think it was. I mean, it was something that we were like, all right, let's go for this. But um, we have since developed other financial goals. But at that point, I don't think that we had had, had anything mapped out like a five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan. So it was... Uh, it, if it affected anything, we didn't notice. <laughs> well, but I, I think it, it, just hearing your story, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but it almost seems like this being your first financial goal gave you perspective of what's possible when you dream and when you when you put something out there and you're like, wow, we made that happen. Now let's think about doing these other things and what are the other financial goals we could have. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it was definitely a catalyst, right? You know, yeah. and, and, and I think it took a little while, like once we kind of came back to kind of be like, okay, so is it like, do we want to pay off the house? Do we want to, like, what's what's the next dream? What's the next yeah. kind of goal? And the planning for it was the fun part because then we had this number in mind that we're trying to reach, you know, as, as quickly as we can. And so we'd be out and we'd say, okay, did you want this? $20 bottle of wine or should we put it towards putting our jobs to travel? Now we're not talking about Lodi wine. That was like, yes, get, get, get the Lodi wine. <laughs> like we're in Lodi, you stock up. We're talking about like fine wine in Minnesota. That's right. Yeah. You, beautiful Lodi wine, the, the, the heart of, of Zinfandel country. You got to get that wine. You always say yes to, yes. to that. But I, but honestly, though, those were our actual conversations that we were having yeah. leading up to it because it because at that point, every dollar mattered because we were right. just like, we want this thing so much that the other things didn't even feel like sacrifices because we wanted the other thing more. Yeah. And, and I think that, that has transitioned like into what we're trying to do now. Right. Like mm-hmm. it like you were saying, like as it moved forward. Yes. Because now we have things that we're like okay, what's, what's five years down the road? What's 10 years down the road? Like, what's our dream? What's our goal? And we're choosing some of those things to, to put our money towards that and yeah. anticipation be able to accomplish. This. I really like that comment that when, when you have a dream that you're really excited about, sacrificing for that dream doesn't really feel like sacrificing. That was a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. So Andy, you mentioned that you would recommend that other couples do have an experience like this. Um, sure. So if someone wanted to do this, what would be a piece of advice that you guys would give to couples if they wanted to, to do some sort of experience like this? Um, I would say to just have a lot of conversations together to figure out uh, why you want to do it. Like, what's your motivation? Because I think that that'll really help drive you to keep the focus on it if it's something you want to do. And and for us, like we talked about the four different reasons for us, but it, it might be, you know, something totally different for somebody else of why they want to take a break or spend some more time outdoors or, you know, it could be anything, but not only is it helpful, you know, when friends and family are being like, wait, you want to do what? <laughs> it'll be motivating <laughs> for you. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, like it's, it'll have been five years. We did it in 2016 since we yeah did it, but And I know like since then, you know, it's like everyone seems to kind of be like, oh, travel, 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 travel. Yes. And that was part of it. But I think Missy's right. Like there's the 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 why is very, very, very important for Missy. And I It wasn't like, well, let's just go travel for three months and like knock off national parks. That was a side byproduct of it. But like, again, for us, it was like we need to spend time together to reconnect and we actually reconnect the best. When we're kind traveling. of like when we're traveling or we're on road trips. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you have to kind of have a good reason why. And I, and, and I think you just have to kind of like, like we did a little bit. It's like you have to to plan and then you just have to kind of pick, pick, pick a number that like you're comfortable sacrificing that it's like, if this is really that important to you, it's like you're striving for that goal and you're saying no to other things. Right. And it's not like you're staying at the four seasons every night and living large. It's not, it's not, not every moment is, is like Instagram worthy, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are no, few, I, but, but there's some, but there's some rough stuff too. 
Yeah, it doesn't always live up to the dream. Nothing ever does. But yeah, it's it's great that you were able to have such an amazing experience and that you were able to just accomplish so much as a couple um, on this. And and you you seem very like you, you've accomplished a lot financially and then within your marriage through achieving these goals. If you had if you had a single piece of advice that you'd give to other couples um, financially, like piece of financial advice for for them to achieve their goals, what would it be? I would say to to talk about everything. I mean, to get all of your accounts. Um, that that transparency financially really helps create transparency in other areas of your relationship. It improves the communication. I could better understand where Andy was coming from. One once I could see like his trends in spending. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is something that's really important to you. Like he's gotten really into cycling over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so now that has its own line item in the budget because it's an ongoing expense. I just FYI, if you're ever interested in getting into cycling, it is stupidly expensive, (laughs) More than, (laughs) but he has a blast doing it. And it's fun to see him, you know, excited about something and that really brings him a lot of joy. So I don't know. I, I'm always a big advocate of transparency. What advice would you give? I think like you guys even mentioned, like you guys have your like state of the marriage and your budget meetings and stuff like that. Right. Communication, right? Like in divorces is like right up there for sucky communication is one of the reasons why people get divorced and, and finances and terrible communication around that is, is within that. So I like mentioned before, like I used to hate talking budget, but like now I'm like, can we, can we talk about the budget? (laughs) <laughs> like, where are we at? Like, how are things going? Like, hey, there was money in this account. And like, now it's not there. Where did that go? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, you know, and then we kind of talk about it. And it's like, okay, I don't understand why you did that. But can we what or whatever? Or, oh, okay, that's where that that went. That's what happened. Right. Um, yeah. He's, I, as you can tell, he's much more invested now than he yeah. ever was. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really but, great. but that's what it is. It's it's just it's the the talking about it, right? I don't know if there's just like guilt and shame or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of guilt and shame associated with money and how how we grew up and what we think we deserve or what we maybe some of our desires are you know misguided or wrong or whatever. But if you if you have a marriage like where you can just be like, here it is, and then it's like, okay, let's talk about it. Well. David, go get your DeLorean. Heather, go get your BMW. Andy, go get your stupid $5,000 bicycle, whatever. You know, Missy, keep saving. Um, <laughs> no, you, but, but you know what I mean? It's just, you know, yeah. like when, when, when you're talking about things, it's all good. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think you're right. We say that a lot. Like, you're, you're taught most of your life, or it's m- mirrored to us, like, not to talk about money, right? It's like this taboo talk- topic, mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about it, and then you get married, and it's like, no, wait, you now you kind of need to flip a switch and and actually start communicating about it. And I think Missy made a really good point about transparency. You know, there's a saying where they say, if you want to know what's important to someone, look at their calendar and their checkbook, you know, where are they spending their time and their money? And, you know, that's one way for a couple, if they aren't used to communicating is to look at, Hey, what are they, where are they spending their money? And it'll give you a good insight into what your, what's important to your spouse. Right. Oh, well, this has been an awesome conversation. It's been so great having you on today. We really appreciate you making the time for us. And uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure. If if you'd like, it'd be awesome if you could uh, let people know where they can reach you. Missy, I know you mentioned you have a, 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 personal business that you're running? 
Um, yeah, if you want to follow along for organizing tips, feel free um, on Instagram at Clear Spaces Organizing. Oh, thank you. And awesome. I think that about wraps it up for us today. Uh, we'd love to continue to hear from our, our audience on uh, what, how their conversations around money have gone or to take any questions they have in a future episode. Please feel free to email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.